So what about our other types of primary headaches, cluster headaches, uh, tension headaches? You know, we use it all the time in those babies, Ampigen. I hate eponyms. Eponyms are like one That's of my why least, I hate this one. least favorite things. Treated by lifestyle changes first and pharmacology second. Okay, let's do another one of the things I love to fix. A patellar dislocation. Okay, so this is on one of my favorites too, Ashley. Yeah, that's what I was talking about before that Ashley wasn't listening to. Hello, fellow tiny human docs. We are really excited to welcome you to the 13th episode of Peds in a Pod. As always, we're your hosts, Ashley Grigsby. And David Rayburn. We are soon to be graduated, like probably when this airs, like days to maybe a week before we graduate. As Hence combined, the I know, as combined emergency medicine and pediatric residents at Indiana University. And this is our board review podcast focused on high yield review topics for the pediatric boards. We follow the outline and study recommendations set forth by the American Board of Pediatrics content outline for the general pediatrics board exam. As always, we have a fine selection of high-yield topics to cover with you all this month. We're going to be talking headache with Dr. Jackman. We're going to be talking about some bones and groans with Dr. Sloan. The He's great Dr. Sloan. The great Dr. Sloan. Um, A and D are finally back with some more ID, but we're going to be covering antibiotics. So It's really, it's kind of like the most important, right? Like it counts. It's partly ID, yeah, right? You absolutely. need treatment. It counts. So this being our 13th episode, we've covered all of the milestones, and so we're going to be talking about troubles and milestone troubles and when to worry. And then for cootie shots, we're going to be talking about special situations because we've covered all of our shots at this point as well. All of the shots. Everyone should get all of the shots, including MMR. Definitely I'm MMR. I'm super sick of this crap, I have to tell you. Maybe we should just talk about measles for the next hour. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's talk about a case. All right, let's hear. I heard you had a nice case recently. I want to hear it. Yeah, kind of a scary case because it was one of those that you. it was better to be lucky than good yes. situation. I find that that is true most days of my life. Yeah. Well, so we're going to do – let's talk some altered mental status because that's kind of how I approach this case. So I had a 12-year-old female come in, what I my understanding was Spanish-speaking, who had altered mental status and chest pain. Okay. 12? 12 years old. Okay. So I walk in the room, and she's kind of writhing around in bed and moaning and not really following commands that well. So I'm like, hmm, this seems toxicologic, or at least going down the altered mental status pathway. Okay. So you did all the labs? So I did all the tox labs. So we get an EKG. That looks fine. We get Tylenol, salicylates. Those are fine. We get her CMP back. And her bilirubin is 5, and her AST and ALT are elevated. Okay. So at that point, I'm like, okay, well, I don't think this is like a delayed Tylenol presentation, but what else is going to make your bilirubin and AST and ALT elevated? And maybe it's not chest pain, but epigastric pain. Well, listen, let's, before you tell us the answer... Okay. Let's talk about the approach to an altered mental status patient. I agree. Let's do that. Okay. So rule number one, start with the basic things that we're always taught. ABCs. And glucose. Well, listen, it's ABC DFG. Yes. Don't forget the glucose. If I had a dollar for every time I found hypoglycemia when no one freaking thought to check the glucose, I would quit. 
It's, it's unbelievable. Start checking glucoses. It, it makes me crazy. It sounds like this might be a pet peeve of It yours. is a pet peeve of mine. So rule number, like, it's literally just as important as your airway, breathing, and circulation because your brain needs glucose or it dies. Agreed. All right. So we've covered that. Okay. Now let's just talk about, like, the, you know, normally, like, if they're really sick looking, you know, IV access, fluid, rehydrate, resuscitate them. But then we have to go into, like, what... How do we work these people up? What is a differential diagnosis of ultramental status? You want to do a little mnemonic? Yeah. I know good. it's not your favorite. It's not my favorite, but I think it works. Okay. Okay. So A-E-I-O-U tips. With a G. We'll sure. Yeah. We'll add, the, we'll add, we'll the add G. a G at the end. All right. So A-E-I-O-U tips. T-I-P-S. A. Alcohol and acidosis. Yes. Alcohol so, causes acidosis. That's true. Um like DKA would give you acidosis and altered mental status. For sure. So any kind of acidosis. And then alcohol, we still have to remember that, especially in our uh, adolescence. Or even our young kids. Sometimes kids get into alcohol that's at home and yeah. become inaltered. So. Exactly. Uh, e. So endocrine stuff, which you talked about with DKA. Electrolytes, that's a big one. Like hyponatremia, hypo, I think hypocalcemia, hypercalcemia. Hypocalcemia, because you can seize from yeah, that. Yeah, right. So. Uh, and encephalopathy, NOS. Yeah, right. Uh, that's what you say when you don't have an answer, right? Yes, Kidnam. exactly. Encephal- oh, yeah. Acute encephalopathy. That's you what can't it is. admit for altered mental status, but you can admit for encephalopathy. Boom. All right, I. Insulin. So, so you're seeing a theme here. Yeah, they're all the same. <laughs> Check your blood sugar. Uh, oh. Opiates and overdose. So that's like tox stuff, which is what you were talking about. Any kind of uh, large toxin ingestion. So heroin, TCAs, beta blockers, like any kind of weird toxin can give you ultra status. And that's certainly what we were thinking in this case with the initial presentation, but didn't end up being that. Uh, you? So uremia? Uremia, yep. So check your BUN and creatinine. Kidney failure can make you very altered. Yeah. Uh, T? So trauma, uh, head injury, or shock from, like, hemorrhagic shock. Yeah, fair. And then the big I, so infection. Any kind of infection, really. So the bad infections, meningitis, encephalitis, if there's inseptic shock, shock. Pneumonia. Bad pneumonias, UTI, bad UTIs. All of the things. Exactly. Appendicitis, bad appendicitis. Sure can with a rupture Any of that crap. Osteomyelitis. Mm-hmm. Name all of the infections. It's probably one <laughs> Uh, P. So poisoning. Which we kind um, of already talked about. Yeah. Other farm stuff. So these, some or of psychotic, these do. Like yeah. a first psychotic break. That would be another P. And some of these do kind of recur, uh-huh. but it just helps solidify it in your brain. And then the last one is S. So seizures are probably going to be the big one, but syncope as well. And then less likely in our kids, more in adults, you think stroke. Yeah. And then the G, of course, is gallstone pancreatitis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I give it away? What's the answer? <laughs> oh, yeah. So back to the case. So you remember how the Billy and the ASC and ALT were elevated? Well, so I throw on a lipase and a GGT, and I go put the ultrasound on her uh, belly, and boom, bunch of stones in there. I'm like, oh. So her lipase was 6,500. Nice. That's her impressive. GGT was 800. Nice. And she needed ERCP. That's cool. That so, doesn't happen that often in no. 12-year-olds. No, exactly. So that was uncommon, too. Mm-hmm. She'll probably get a workup for that that hasn't been done at this point. But So it turns out her chest pain was actually epigastric pain. And, or, you know, you got to remember, like, 
gallbladder, liver stuff can kind of refer, refer to the chest and to the into the shoulders. So you just never know. You gotta like broaden your differential. You gotta keep it broad. So and that's in talks you kind of cast that wide safety uh, net at the beginning, and you that's see why you, you ordered back. all the tests. Yeah, and then exactly. you figured it out, and then you added some extras, and then added some extras, and then I think the other challenge was uh, there was a big language barrier that we didn't fully mm-hmm. understand initially, mm-hmm. um, which that presents its own unique set of challenges when you approach a patient with a language barrier that if you either have a hard time finding an interpreter for, Mm -hmm. then you're kind of left to your gestalt and sometimes Mm -hmm. you over test just Mm -hmm. in the best interest of the patient. Yeah. Yep. I've done it. All right, cool. Let's get this going. As always, the thoughts and ideas expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of Indiana University School of Medicine or IU Health or any of its affiliates. This podcast is not intended to be used in the place of clinical judgment or as a diagnostic tool. We also know that there's new literature published daily, but unfortunately, the board exam content can lag behind some of this information. This podcast is focused on giving you the information relevant for the boards. We cannot cover everything, and this podcast is not all-inclusive, but we do hope you learned something that will help you on the boards. All right, now let's dive into this month's episode.